21, uh, verses 15 to 25. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death which Peter would, by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord is who is going to betray you. When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would have been written. Thank you, Wendy. So I haven't had a memory lapse, and I didn't take half term off and not do anything. We're not going to just go over what we did last week. I'm not, not doing that to you. Um, last Saturday, when I was kind of reflecting on the service and reflecting on where the reading had gone, because quite often it doesn't go where I expect it to go, and I might have notes here, and then afterwards when I listen to it, I think, did I say that? Did that come out? Is that what God wanted to, to say? And I was reading through the passage and something really struck me that I think in the light of having done that series, Amen, Amen, and focused quite often in that about this invitation to follow me, something that I think we, we could just do with looking at today. We looked at last week how after his resurrection, Jesus had asked Peter three times, do you love me? And and Peter had said, yes, you know I do, Lord. And then I kind of, we briefly acknowledged what it says in this passage about Jesus' answer to Peter, which was really quite hard work. It must have been very painful for Peter to hear. Where he says that Peter's going to die, apparently, by crucifixion. And, and this is kind of the part that I want us to look at. Uh, this and beyond. In the next few verses, we read that but Peter questions Jesus about what is going to happen to John. He says, so he asked Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Now, I'm not quite sure what motivated Peter to ask this question about John, but I, I'm not sure he expected to get the answer that Jesus gave him, which for Peter is quite common. 
actually. But it wasn't really, I think, what he expected. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray me? And when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Wow. Wow. Can't imagine what it must have been like to be Peter in that moment. That must have sounded really quite blunt. It's none of your business. Follow me. But there must be something really positive that we're supposed to take out of this passage, otherwise I don't think it would be here. Peter has just heard Jesus tell him about how he's going to die. And in that moment, he speaks back and says, well, what what about this one? What about this man? And what Jesus says is, it's none of your business. That seems hard when we think about the compassion of Jesus that we know. There must be more to it. We live in a world where we're constantly comparing and being compared to people. Clothes, cars, books, shows, politicians, jobs, Husbands, wives, children, houses, bank balances, shoes, suits, holidays, phones, songs, hairstyles, preachers, music, sermons, Bible versions, churches. I could just keep going on all the time. Those things are being compared. We're being compared to other people. We compare ourselves to other people. And I think that the wonderful thing about Jesus' response And this moment is it sets Peter free. It's a liberating response. It sounds horrible. It sounds blunt and harsh. It's none of your business. But actually, the words of Jesus in that moment set Peter free. They're liberating because they say, don't compare yourself to what's going on in John's life. Don't worry about what's happening to him. It doesn't matter. None of your business. Follow me. They're truly amazing words. And the amazing thing is we can read them and feel a little bit confused by by why Jesus is being so mean. Because we have so much to learn about Jesus. This constant call to compare ourselves against one another is oppressing. It weighs us down, and Jesus wants us to step away from that. He wants us to live our lives built around following and imitating him, rather than judging ourselves against the standards and the achievements of other people. Stop looking at them. Look at me. Could do better. That was often written on the end of my homework, if I actually handed it in. 
and in the essays that I gave in at school, and it was probably true. Well, it was, it was true, definitely. You could do better. It seems to have become one of the mantras of the world. There is always somebody available to tell you or show you how you could do better, how you could be better. And I'm not saying that doing better is a bad thing, but there really is something wonderfully refreshing about Jesus' blunt words to Jesus, to, to Peter, that just says, what's it got to do with you? Follow me. That's all that matters. Don't follow them, the crowd. Follow me. As I said, Peter hears these words about his death. He hears Jesus speak about how he's going to die and yet the first thing that comes to his mind is to compare himself to somebody else. Well, if that's going to happen to me, what's going to happen to them? Maybe because he wants to know whether John gets off lighter. Is it fair? If I have to suffer, is he going to suffer too? Can I just be sure about that before I suffer, please God? I don't want to do it on my own. My life ends like that. Will his end in the same way? If I don't get to live very long, what about him? That's the way we've become wired in this world. It's comparison, comparison, comparison. Compare, compare, compare. We, we kind of like, it's like we crave to know how we stack up against everybody else around us in the world. And it starts in school. In fact, it's probably at its worst in school. How do we compare? Sadly, all too often, it starts with us as adults, putting that comparison onto our children, comparing them against others all the time. There's some kind of buzz that we seem to get if we can somehow find out that somebody else is not as good or less effective as us we can kind of go up a step above them. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, it makes me better. But if we're going to live our lives and love living our lives in Jesus, we've got to stop comparing ourselves. Because we're not, we're not made to be compared to one another. We were made to be compared to Jesus. Because we're called to follow him, to become like him, not like anybody else. Would you really want anybody else to want to be like you? If everybody else aspired to be like you, if we're honest, that's not going to work out well, is it? Really. What is it to me if somebody else has got a bigger church or somebody else has got a better job or a bigger house or a better car what is it if their kids are doing spectacular? What is it to me? What does it matter? What matters is that I follow Jesus. What matters if your life is different to your, the other people in your family, your friends, your neighbours? What if people that went to school with you seem to be doing better in the eyes of the world? It doesn't matter. Follow Jesus. 
What is it if that person at work seems to be having a better relationship with the boss, seems to be getting the promotion, seems to be getting the best contracts? It doesn't matter. Follow me, says Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on me. What is it if, if that person in your house group seems to have a better idea of what on earth David was talking about on Sunday? If you do, please tell me. What is it if somebody seems to have a better Bible knowledge than you? Don't follow them. Follow Jesus. What is it if there's somebody in your house group that seems to read every book that's just come out by every best Christian author? doesn't matter. Don't follow them. Follow Jesus. What is it Fill in the blanks. Just fill in the blanks in your life right now. What is it that you keep comparing yourself to in the world? Who is it that you keep comparing yourself to? Fill in the blanks now. Close your eyes. Fill in the blanks. And hear Jesus say, what's that got to do with you? Follow me. Forget them. It is finished. God has done in Jesus everything that needs to be done for you to have the life and live the life that he perfectly prepared and planned for you. Follow Jesus. We need to hear this truth. God will not judge me according to my superiority or inferiority over anybody else. He, he won't do that. And he's not going to judge you according to your superiority or your inferiority over anybody. God will not judge you in that way, ever. God does not compare you to anybody else. This is not a standard that God uses. It's a standard that the world uses and we need to stop following. We need to hear God's truth. God has kingdom work for me to do. He has kingdom work for you to do and it will be different. It will not be the same. We will not be doing the same work. The people in your church, the people in your communities, wherever it is, they will have different things to do for God. You do not have to compare yourself against them. You just have to do what God's called you to do. Nobody else. God has decided that there is, there is a part of his kingdom that you are essential for. And nobody else can do it. No one else is going to do it because God knows that he wants you to do it. So do it. Don't, don't look at what someone else is doing and try and compete with them. What God has given to you to do is for you to do. No one else. And if we can live like that, if we can truly live in the love of Jesus, then we will, we will live the lives that God wants us to. But it requires us to be full of grace and humility and trust. Because here's the thing. It doesn't always seem like we get the best jobs. Or we get the best rub of things. It, 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 the world is very good at sort of showing us that other people 
seem to be better off or well, that's because we're looking through the wrong eyes and we're looking at the wrong people. We need grace and humility and trust. And those are not really attributes that spring from the world. They come from being in a relationship with Jesus because they're of God. Humility is of God. Grace is of God. Trust is of God. And that's where we get them from. Will I? Will you trust God for that grace and humility? Will you get on and do what he's given you to do? <coughs> Will you trust him without comparing yourself or myself to anybody else? It did sound like Jesus was being quite tough on Peter. But this is what we call tough love. This is Jesus just putting Peter straight. God built his church on Peter, didn't he? He used him as a rock to build a church on. And really, I'm, I'm sure in that moment, Peter struggled and stumbled as, as Jesus answered him. <clears throat> but the things that he achieved in the kingdom can only have come out of discovering the encouragement and the freedom of Jesus' words in that moment. So I want you, I want to encourage you to find that same encouragement in your life right now, today, to hear Jesus saying, stop fretting about meaningless comparisons in this world. What is that to you? not Peter Jesus is talking to, it's you. Right now he's saying, what is that to you? Follow me, not the world, follow me.